You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Today we're going to finish the first chapter of the Mishnah of Masrot. And yesterday we began the chapter, we learned, we began to ask what kind of food is liable to Maser and when in the harvesting cycle is it, li- is it, it, it is liable. And we learned that to be liable for Maser, it has to be food. It has to be edible, it has to be owned, and it has to be grown from the ground. That's essentially the first half of the first chapter of Masrot. In the second half of the first chapter, there's another concept which the Mishnah brings, which is that for full liability, for real liability for Masrot, for Maser, the crop has to have reached a point where harvesting is complete. In other words, it's as if the grain has to reach the threshing floor. That's the language of of the Tanakh. We'll have a look at that in a minute. But of course, not everything is grain. You know, there's fruits, there's oil, there's wine. And the Mishnah is going to be interested in what type of, of, of production state other types of food have to be in to be considered on the threshing floor. And we'll look at a, a verse and we'll look at the, some commentary of the Rambam. Let's start by looking at the Tanakh. And we've, this is a verse from Bamidbar right at the end of the Pasha of Korach. And we've talked before about the fact that the Halachot of Masrot and Trumot are brought right at the end of the Pasha of Korach. And right, right at the end of the Pasha, there's a Pasuk about Maser true about Trumat Maser, the Maser which the Levim have to give from the Truma that they from the 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 Maser that the Levim have to give from the Maser that they receive from the people. It's Maser of Maser, and the pasuk finishes Venechshav Lachem Trumatchem. This will be considered your Truma, what you give to the Kohanim. Katagan min Hagoren vecham leah min Hayakev. The essence of Maser is that it's like grain coming off the threshing floor. In other words, it doesn't come straight from the field. It comes from the threshing floor. And the Mishnah is going to begin, uh, Mishnah 5, by asking, Ezehu Gornan, the Masrot, what is the threshing floor as far as Maser is concerned? You may think that's a ridiculous question because for grain, of course, the threshing floor is obvious. But the Rambam explains it, and I brought this Rambam at the beginning of the source sheet, uh, at the beginning at the beginning of this part of the source sheet, just because it's such a powerful and incisive explanation as to what is going on in the second half of this first chapter of Masrod. What he explains is they had kavana hatana. The intention of the question of the Tana is to ask, you are perot kmo. When will fruit gain the status of grain on the threshing floor? And why is that important? Because at that point, it's forbidden to snack from it. The Mishnah talks about achilat araya, kind of a temporary meal. A temporary meal I would translate into English as a snack. Now, until the food has reached the threshing floor, you can still snack from it. You can wander through the fields and you can take it in your hand and you can nibble it. So you can eat, if you like, an informal meal before it reaches a threshing floor. After 
after it's, even if it's already reached the status of Masa, after it's reached a threshing floor, it's going to be forbidden to eat from them at all until Maaser has been taken. So this threshing floor state is going to be incredibly important for the whole of the rest of the track date. In fact, as you progress the track date during the break, you'll find that most of the boundary cases and most of the questionable issues that come up in the track date are to do with a question as to whether food has hit the status of being on the threshing floor or not. So for grain, it's obvious, but let's have a look at the examples that the Mishnah brings. Cucumbers and goods, once he removes their fuzz, there's a fuzzy bit on, on, on the outside, maybe he's going to cut it off. And if he doesn't remove it, when he piles it up. Or melons, when he removes the fuzz with hot water. And if he doesn't remove the fuzz, once he stores them out to dry. Or vegetables, which are tied up in bundles, from the time he ties them up in bundles. Or if he doesn't tie them in bundles until he fills uh, a basket with them. And if he doesn't fill a basket until he's gathered all he needs. A, a basket after he's covered it. Or if he's not going to cover it until he fills it. And again, if he doesn't fill it until he's gathered all he needs. And when does all this apply? And you get a sense, right, from the mood here that we're getting ready to bring food to the market. When does it apply? When he's going to take it to the market. But, if he's going to bring it to his own house, he can make he can snack off it ad shahu magia leveto until the food um, until he gets to his house in other words this state of hitting the threshing floor for fruit and vegetables basically it hits when they're ready to go to market but if they're not going to be marketed it hits when the when the produce goes into the house and we'll see this question as to you know what you do well you know what if it's in the courtyard on the way to the house we'll see this play out right through the rest of the track day now we're gonna we're very tight on time and i don't want to go through all these examples you can skim over them yourselves we've got pomegranate seeds raisins carobs onions all of this stuff and it all reaches the state of being liable for Marseille when it's essentially ready for market. Wine offer, it's been skimmed. And the, the chapter is going to close with an example of figs. Now, we've talked of pressed figs. We've talked a lot about cakes of pressed figs right the way through the Masachet of Trumot because the way they used to store figs in those days was to press them into massive cakes and then push them down into jars. And we've talked about, you know, pushing into jars. What if uh, um, an unclean fig it hits the top of the jar? Does it affect what's at the bottom of the jar? We dealt, we talked about these jars a lot. And the Mishnah that closes the chapter with the, by the way, when they're in the jar, right? That's it for Masrod. But the when they're in the when they're being pressed in the jar, that's it for Masrod. The chapter is going to close with the example of someone whose jar breaks. Someone was pressing into a jar or making a circle into a storage bin. Maybe 
the jar got, maybe the jar broke as he was pressing this in, or maybe the storage bin broke open. So we've reached the stage of the final production, ready for market, but something has gone wrong. The container has broken. And the Mishnah says, You can't at that point snack off them. Rabbi Yossi disagrees, but the halacha does not according to the halacha does not go according to Rabbi Yossi. The halacha goes according to the first opinion, and the first opinion seems to be saying that the status of this food, as far as as far as its its liability to maser is concerned, is determined by, if you like, the production stage it's reached, in terms of the intention of the owner. If something has gone wrong, that doesn't make it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, breaking the jar doesn't make a difference. Opening up the storage bin doesn't make a difference. When the time comes that you've pressed your figs into your jar, that's the point where production is effectively finished, and the figs are considered to be ready, ready for market or ready to be carried into the home. But at that point, they're liable to masrot. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.